So you know I love me some mob stories. Absolutely. Last night I was watching a story about six lion gangsters. They're called the Mapoho tribe. All right, so there's six lion brothers kicked out of their pride. The three important ones are Makolo, the oldest one, and then Mr. T and Kinky Tail. Mr. T and Kinky Tail are the most Legendary hyper. Legendary names. Awesome names. The most aggressive of the group. They learned how to coordinate and hunt buffalo from a very young age after they were ejected from the tribe. Got super big. Got super roided up. Got super aggressive. They didn't have territory of their own. They started wandering the savannas. Took over territory. Killed all the cubs. Killed the adult dominant lions. Took over the women. Took over. Yeah, started impregnating the women. But then there was a power struggle. And then Makolo kicked out Mr. T and Kinky Tail. Mr. T and Kinky Tail took their own territory. But then five other young lions traveled over there and killed Kinky Tail. Mr. T tried to save him. Was sad. Went back home to Makolo and the rest of them. Was brought back into the tribe. And then he kills the cubs of, like, basically his nieces and nephews and fucks their women. So and he takes over. He takes over, and then more lions come in and kill Mr. T. It was like an hour-long segment. I got super emotional seeing Mr. T die, even though he was an asshole. A story about love, brotherhood, and pussy. Conquest. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> This is Sherry Orr. This is Saad on episode 16 of Hot Pocket. We're going to loop back around to animals. The title of this article, How a Scientific Experiment Led to Sexual Encounters Between a Woman and a Dolphin. This, right. this, isn't this a movie about this? <laughs> oh, the Love of Water, Shape of Water. Shape That's of what it was. Water. Shape of, we were was. trying to figure it out for a yeah. while. Okay. Margaret Howe Lovett was a young research assistant when a scientist asked if she could isolate herself and live with a dolphin to see if the creatures could learn to speak in the human language. Sure, that's pretty odd, but it actually gets stranger. The experiment allegedly led to a dolphin developing romantic feelings for Lovett. Eventually, sexual encounters between the woman and the dolphin took place. While the pair never had actual intercourse, the controversy surrounding the experiment gave rise to uncomfortable questions. Can humans and dolphins have sex? All right, I haven't come myself. No, 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 absolutely not. What? What? Absolutely not. What is this? <laughs> Back to the paragraph. Why was Lovett giving a dolphin a hand job? So that's what happened. <laughs> uh, Margaret, the research assistant, was giving a dolphin a hand job. What year was this? Because this was like a while ago. 1964. 64. 1964. When was Woodstock? 69. <laughs> no, 69. Yeah, yeah. Was a weird motherfuckers back then, bro. So I'm not gonna read the entire thing, just the first paragraph, because I think we read the story and it's so vivid. It's crazy. Basically, the doctor who arranged this, who who, who theorized that dolphins was, could learn English, is uh, well, he didn't plan for this. Well, I don't know, maybe. Well, he was, no, look, the whole the whole theory that this guy was trying to figure out was, can dolphins speak the human language? Like, bro, no, no, he said learn. There's a difference. Learn would mean like they can under, they can literally understand like what you're dogs, saying. Like dogs, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a difference. Right. Which you know maybe there's a basis to it because dolphins have insanely big oh, they're brains they're so, so intelligent smart yeah. they're in, which is why this happened <laughs> yeah. basically there were three dolphins and three research assistants they all lived separately it was like a pair would be a dolphin and a research assistant margaret was with this dolphin peter he was the only male dolphin he was like finishing up puberty so this boy is 
horned up. up. <laughs> Let me just say, 13-year-old side staying a long time isolated with the hot research assistant. Oh, things aren't. I'm, I'm, I'm gunning for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going for it. Shoot or shoot. So they spent so much time. They literally, like, they didn't literally sleep together, but, like, they were in close proximity, isolated all the time. Peter started developing feelings for her. Yeah. Now, this was a problem because he would get, like, sexually pent up, and yeah. he would engage in the courtship rituals with my, her. My favorite part of the article is, like, when they're describing the dolphin as, like, a young human boy or something. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Peter, a young male, has was coming into his own. And I was just like, yo, hold on. Are they really, like, humanizing Pe- a fucking Peter is a right kid now? from Alpha Theta Chi who has a sexual assault case against oh, we are, him. We've already determined this. Yes, Dolphins are the counterpart of humans oh, in, yeah. in the sea, but they're all frat boys. They're all frat boys. Yeah. They're all trying to fuck and get high. So the experiments were impossible to do. Margaret couldn't do her research because he was so distracted by her. Mm-hmm. He was so horned up. You keep biting her legs, like nibbling, because yeah, that's what was, dolphins do. He was showing those those yeah. uh, those physical attributes to yeah. be like, hey. That's like, what dolphins that's what a male dolphin does to a female dolphin to show like, yo, I'm ready. Let's you? get it on. So what they were trying to do is they would take him into a tank, escort him into a truck, into a tank with the other two female, female dolphins yeah. to, like, thing. kind of get your shit out the way. Yeah. Not to fuck, but I think if he flirts with them instead. He gets that and he gets that out of his way and then can come back and focus on the experiment. Yeah. Get that sexual primal energy out of there. Then you're good and, like, you know, post-nut clarity. Yeah. Go back to the research. Putting somebody, a dolphin in a tank and constantly take them out just for him to kind of get his, like, metaphorical nut is yeah. time-consuming. So Margaret, God bless your heart, takes it upon herself, starts wanking him. (laughs) It's like, all right, come here. She's like, this will be better instead of all this moving parts. Let me just do it. Let me move your parts. Yeah. (laughs) Let me move your parts. (laughs) And so she was able to do the experiment. I don't know exactly how the experiment turned out. Also, really important detail, Dr. Lily decided to administer LSD to the dolphins. For God knows what reason. For God knows what what. fucking reason. So I don't know if the LSD was the reason why, like, maybe the dolphin was extra horned up. According to Margaret, it wasn't sexual on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. It seemed to me that it made the bond closer. Not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking. She's referring to, like, having to take him into another tank. Right, right, right. And that's really all it was. I was there to get to know Peter. That was part of Peter. So she she's basically commenting like, "Hey, this wasn't all, this wasn't sexual on my end. I was just trying to preserve the continuity of the project yeah. to make it go so we can get data." And well, whatnot. not just the project. I think she like did build a relationship with this dolphin. Yeah, just from pre- her end, it wasn't sexual. But wasn't there another part in the in the article? No, what part? Didn't the dolphin go down? No, no, oh, that I, that's, that's thing. when we, we were okay. So we were talking about this in the car, like just not related to the podcast, right? And I brought it up. I was like, I think the dolphin like went down on this girl, yeah. And I looked it up. It wasn't that she was giving him the hand job, oh, okay, okay. And then we read more, and it turned out, according to her, it wasn't yeah. sexual. It was just to like do more. She's really dedicated on the research aspect, of fellas. It. If you ever get caught cheating, that should be your go-to <laughs> answer. Honey, I couldn't focus on building our 401k because my nut was blocking my brain. I need, I needed clarity. I needed clarity. That's what hmm. happened. Where, where, where are we putting these funds? I do love you, yes. I do. Don't <laughs> worry. I do love you. Okay, we're back. And right now it's just me because this is happening in post. Uh, Saad texted me this morning because this man got curious about our Peter the Dolphin story. And he texted me. He's like, hey, man, I just read more on the Dolphin story. Peter 
the dolphin that we were talking about, committed suicide after being separated from the research assistant. They removed Peter and put him in a aquarium in Miami. And essentially what had happened was he refused to breathe. Peter refused to breathe because that connection with him and the researchers was gone and drowned himself. A dolphin drowned himself. I thought things were supposed to be different. You know what does help people? Having a president who believes that we need to get health care to more folks. Hasn't Maybe happened. not as many folks as you and I want, but more folks. You know what does help people? Having a president who believes climate change is real. And more offshore things. drilling. You know what does help people? Having a president who will name a vice president that is a woman who will defend women's rights. Oh, you know Queen what Kamala? Help people? Having a president who will name people to courts for every level of this country. How many Democrats are there? You know what board? does help people? Having a president who believes in increasing welfare. It might not be every Everything that we want but some progress is better than no progress and we can't claim to care about issues if we don't support them right now what progress thank you fucking zad emad little motherfucker whose dad is a Citibank ceo or former ceo at ziad the activist yeah if you're self-proclaimed anything it's not true his personal essay to yale was literally the words hashtag black lives matter for like a whole three for a pages. whole page yeah this and he got in this is performative as shit. Yeah. We're ragging on Democrats. I mean, they make it so easy. Right? They're very they easy. They make it so easy. You wear a Kente Claus and bow. It's like, uh-uh. And I'll- then they kneel, and then they're all so old that they need help getting need up help from that getting up. It's like, oh, by the way, more money for cops. Yeah. Awesome. Nothing changes. We're going to talk about the Haitian migrant issue. You've probably seen the images of CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, guys on horses whipping Haitian migrants. That's what we're talking about. Wait, today. wait, hold on. Well, you're like really accusing them. Was it really whipping? You know what? You're right. Blue Wave Daddy 420 on Twitter told me it's not a whip. It's a horse rein, which he's using as a whip. Don't they whip the horses with the horse reins? Uh, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> it's, uh, Haitian horse, what's the difference? Yeah. They both get treated like shit here. We'll give the background of this debacle. So Haitian asylum seekers are not being allowed into America. People who are seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. Haitian migrants who are already here who are working for a better life for their families are getting expelled. Yeah. And just just to interject real quick, seeking asylum is legally what they're supposed to do. It is a legal right of theirs to yeah. come seek asylum. Yeah. And they're being turned away. Yeah. So the Biden administration has been kicking out people out the ass. There is a specific camp in Texas, the El Rio camp, where a lot of Haitians are, because a lot of them come from Mexico. They cross through very dangerous parts of Mexico, where you know often they get trafficked or killed. Yeah, but there's a lot of violence there. So do, just... They're doing a lot to get here. And the interesting thing is that on August 2nd, the Department of Homeland Security designated Haiti as a country worthy of the temporary or protected status. Yeah. Basically, they admitted that Haiti is so politically unstable and there's so much violence and so much economic precarity that it's dangerous for people to live there. But they are also sending Haitians back currently in crazy numbers. They're proje- I think by this point already, the Biden administration has sent 700, not just Haitians, but Overall, 700,000 migrants. Yeah, they're using the issue that was already there with the Latin migrants. Yeah. That they already still yeah. have in, quote-unquote, camps Yeah, that are just sitting there. And 
after designating Haiti as, you know, being that much of politically unstable, they allowed folks there to fill out what they call a TPS, temporary protective status, so they can legally get to the United States. But if you know anything about the immigration process, it takes a while. A very long time. It takes a very long time. Personal experience, I think it was 14, 15 years in for us, for where our papers actually got, you know, passed through and we got our green cards, and then five years after that, you get your citizenship. Now imagine folks who are in a country that is completely unstable, politics are shit, economy is shit, now they have to fill out this really in-depth legal form to come to the United States. Yeah. It's insane. And, and meanwhile, we already said that this place is super dangerous, but we're sending them back by the thousands. Yeah. So how is the administration justifying this? Well, they're using something called Title 42. Now, that is originally part of a public health statute from 1944. It's written into law but never really used. It really started getting used in 2020, specifically because of COVID. So during the Trump administration, yeah. this guy, Stephen Miller, who is, how do I put this, a Nazi. Yep, like, if much. you know the name, he's a, he's a bald, kind of bald guy. Fun story, actually. My cousin told me he used to, because my cousin used to work in a boutique salon in mm. D.C., he used to come in there. What did he do? I think like, get, like, hair implants and oh, shit. He's bald as shit. <laughs> bald as shit. Listen, hate only does bad things to you. That man's bald and ugly. Look, my hairline's already receding. Listen, you're not hateful, though. That's I well, can attest. I'm a little hateful on Twitter. <laughs> see me on Twitter. Boom, 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 boom. So, basically, he's the one who advised President Trump at the time to really use this statute to justify kicking out basically non-white migrants the justification is that they could pose a public health risk because there's a pandemic because of covid because they care so much about it right oh yeah because we care so much about covid yeah. right the migrants could cause more of a spread they come from countries where there's a massive covid problem we have to send them back and this is not considered deportation because deportations you can fight back legally technically right. this is an expulsion you have no recourse mm -hmm. so that was a law used by a white supremacist in a white supremacist administration to kick out brown and black migrants. And our beloved Joseph Biden, Joseph R. Biden, hard R. Biden, <laughs> is using that to kick out a lot of Haitians especially. Yeah. And you might think, well, it's just a law in the book. When it gets taken down, the Biden administration will say, okay, no. A district court judge said, this is unconstitutional. You can't do this. You have two weeks to stop doing this. The Biden administration's already appealing that decision. Yeah. yeah. If we want to take this back to 2020, the election year, how much did we see the <sighs> Biden campaign and everyone on the left, I guess, Democratic side, bag on their border policy that we need mm -hmm. to be more humane about this. We need to be this. There needs to be they're humans and this and that. And then what do they do? I remember two weeks. No, sorry. Not even two weeks ago. It was earlier this year after they got elected. Where Kamala Harris was coming down from one of her jets and, you know, and they were like, so are you going to visit the migrant facility? And all she does is laugh. And she's like, ha, 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 no, no, no. It's like, we'll talk about that later. It's like, what is funny about the situation? Yeah. You know, that was that one. That was an extreme poor taste. But that kind of goes to show where these folks really are. And they're really doing this as a performative thing. They talk so much shit about this last year to garner votes. And now it's back to... The same shit that they worse. criticized. It's worse at, yeah. at this point. And not only did they bag on this shit last year, they're continuing to use white supremacist policies mm -hmm. 
And then on top of that, you're completely right. It is worse because what what are we seeing? We're seeing people on fucking horsebacks, mm-hmm. whipping people. Yeah, the, the Haitian migrants. We're we're seeing those migrants' belongings taking into U.S. custody, and then they get flown out, and then their their belongings are in bags, just not named, yeah. not anything, and it's just on the tarmac. Yeah, and they're having to sift through this. People who come with nothing on their backs get treated like this. Yeah, where's the morality in this? There is no more. Yeah. You know, it's even more fucked up about that specifically. When you get sent back to Haiti in these circumstances, you have to leave like the asylum center, the deportation center with a family member or someone close to you. All your belongings are not with you. How the fuck are you going to contact like your mom or your cousin, whoever to pick you up? So these facilities just get overloaded. We're still in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. COVID is certainly getting like ramped up because of this. Yep. And that's going to cause more death and problems now. It's just it's just so funny when they talk about like politicians being politicians, you know, like po- politicians is a title as an occupation, mm-hmm. but it's also almost a a dig almost like, oh, he's a politician. You know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, they're going to be sneaky. You know, yeah. they're lying. Like, yeah. it's like almost synonymous with lying. Yeah. Most people have like a basic understanding, intuition, whether you think it's right or wrong, that politics is broken in this country if you go into politics you're gonna be a corrupt person or you're turned corrupt or you have to play shady yeah now there's elements of that which are i think oversimplified but i think broadly speaking the fact that people think that speaks very poorly of the political process in this country so i want to turn back to our good friend ziad is it ziad or (laughs) i think it's zai okay so is z-i yeah z-i-a-h so i think it's zia Zia? Ziad. whatever it is i know his last name there was a lot of people like him, very okay. performative young liberals. Uh, one of the common ones I saw was people posting, you know, little cartoons of a kid in a cage crying and said, "Vote because she can't." All this exploitative bullshit, using the the sorrowful images of brown and black migrants to get people to vote for one of the two ruling political parties. I'm going to keep it simple, and people might say you're oversimplifying it. I am, but I'm right. Yeah. I have no problem just saying I'm fucking right. Also, let me get political science for a second. Y'all just don't understand how fucking voting works in this country. No. Y'all don't understand. Okay. The argument is always it's privileged to not vote. Mm-hmm. That's a privileged position. Because, oh, your life is so good. You feel like nothing's at stake. You're privileged. Right. People who aren't privileged have to vote. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's mostly privileged people who do vote. Yeah. It is statistically speaking, and I'm talking about like through income, you can correlate voting with income. Yeah. The more income you have, the more likely you are to vote. There's a lot of reasons why people, I think there's a lot of takeaways for that, but the main takeaway should be that as you go down the income ladder, you are less likely to vote. Now, people might point out, hey, that's because of voter suppression. And that's certainly true. I think that's kind of a cop-out answer, though, because what you're saying is that, oh, if my good black and brown friends just had voting rights, they would vote Democrat, too. You're implying that, like, oh, the morality comes from voting Democrat, and they would if they could. Right. Do you know how many interviews came out after 2016 and 2020 elections where people would go to predominantly poor black and brown areas, just poor areas in general, where people didn't vote or those areas went red? They would interview them. And they would ask, like, why didn't you vote? They would never say anything about voter suppression. They just said, like, I don't want to vote. I have not, like, received any benefits. Nothing no. good come out of it for me. Why the fuck should I vote? Yeah, it's it's literally just, like, the Democrats kneeling with the kente cloth. Yeah. But then also 
not really changing the policies that they were trying to get things. more funding yeah. for police at, no, once it got there, to power. There were there were there were counties and states that increased funding. Yeah. After having Black Lives Matter protests being yeah. being able to have a safe Black Lives Matter protests and yeah. advocating for that, but then going right back and it is very true. It's those underprivileged communities don't see that great of changes when mm-hmm. we do vote blue. Yeah. Just like I know you've seen this meme of like it's like the Republican bomber. It's just like a normal military uh, yeah. bomber. But then there's like the Democrat bomber with like the you know the the, the queer flag yeah. and Black Lives Matter dropping bombs. Thank God a woman is killing me. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 what it is. And and the fact that poor people don't vote because they're working during the, the that's the a hours, huge that's a huge part of the it. Hours for voting and the days it's like on a Tuesday, bro. It's like in the middle of the day. Yeah. It, there's most people don't like don't have the luxury to take PTO. Nope. It is. Or they're working yeah. two jobs and yeah. like they don't have and so much time to even wait in if line. you can. Why would you take PTO for something that does not actually benefit you at all? Yeah, it's it's stupid. There's, I mean, there's empirical data that proves it. Too. Exactly. Like, what's what's really changed for like the bottom of the barrel? Folks? Nothing. I mean, it's gotten worse. Objectively speaking, yeah. it's gotten worse. Yeah. And a lot of that, like even like under Obama, things got much worse. And I don't want to hear shit about, like, oh, it's because. Obama would have done more if it wasn't for Republicans. No, Obama was like a huge lover of big tech and Silicon Valley. Yeah. If all the issues you see about like Uber and Lyft and all that crap, Obama's not responsible for them, but he certainly believed in that as a path forward. Yeah. Voting is such a performative action. The way people get like huffy and puffy and moralizing about it every four years. It's so fucking annoying, dude. It's I, a- I like I and I will say this, like for me it personally annoys me because Look, look, I, I voted for Biden in 2020. So did I. I voted for, like, Jill Stein in 2016. We also live in Maryland. Do you know how, yeah. like, far it swung blue? Yeah. It was, like, 40 points. My vote was not going to make a difference, but mm. people get so upset when I say that. Like, oh, you're part of the problem. It's like, what do, What are you doing? Yeah, what, what, uh, you what are you doing? You vote Democrat every four years. Big fucking whoop. Yeah. And then what, what do the Democrats turn around and do? It's like, what is one campaign promise that Biden has actually kept? I mean, there's been some marginal differences. We're not talking about politics like we used to, right? Because Trump's not on the air saying ridiculous shit. Yeah. It's just, it's like brunch again. People can go to brunch without having yeah. to worry about shit. That's literally the epitome of it. Yeah. But I, honestly, what what happened to canceling student student debt? Like $50,000 of it. It went from fifty to ten to just pushing out the deadlines continuously yeah. and like not really doing anything. It, it's just mind-blowing. Unemployment benefits ran out already. Yeah. And not a peep about that. No. Like if you if we kind of want to be objective about this in some regards the Trump administration has handled the so not not covid specifically but social aspects of covid better. I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but the fact that Biden administration is not doing anything for the people who are getting evicted, mm-hmm. losing our like there's literally no plan for that whatsoever. Yeah. And nobody gives a shit about that because it's not Trump. Yeah. And this is like a very obvious point like the points we're making are very obvious right. like everyone anyone can say like oh people aren't talking about this because it's democrat and republican but it's true yeah like it, it's so fucking obvious and true and just like it's more so that we're gonna get into another cycle in 2024 yeah where everyone's gonna bitch and moan well the midterms too like when they come oh, up so the midterms yeah, yeah. And, and people assume like oh it's on the responsibility is on the voters not the political parties to do anything right that sounds like some like Stockholm syndrome shit. Yeah. You're making oh, excuses for them. It is. You're what really the thing with politics and the way with like voting, and it is like ample research data that shows this is that there's more of a 
spiritual and cultural affiliation with them than there is like I actually believe they do good things. More, I I was just raised Democrat. That's why I vote Democrat. That's kind of what it is. It it it, it mostly is because a lot of people like you you we've all met them like. Oh, what are you? Like, I'm a Democrat. I'm a I'm a Republican. Um, why? Oh, because my parents. Yeah. You know, I've I've brought yeah. up this way, but taking it back to the whole performative, you know, topic of it, I thought it was f- honestly it was sad, but very fucking funny mm-hmm. when Jen Saki, what's her name? Saski. Saki. Saki. Okay, Jen Saki. Jen Sucky. <laughs> she Sucky came my nuts. out there. Literally, she came out there. And was making a statement on the imagery that was coming out of the border. Um, the horses and the whipping. The horses and the whipping, yeah. And Assad made a really good point where if you just paint that picture, you you think that that's like from the 1700s. Yeah. If you actually paint a picture of it. But no, no, no. This is 2021 happening mm-hmm. at our border right now. But it, again, it was just really funny because she was like, you know, it came out like where those, those are haunting images. Like we're taking away the horses. Thank God they're taking away the horses. Thank the Lord Seabiscuit was on some problematic shit. Right. Oh, thank God. Those horses are racist. Oh, my. Blame, <laughs> blame the horses. They kept just throwing in N-bombs here and there. Right. These fucking... Nay! What? <laughs> the U.S. kind of owes it to Haiti. Oh, my God. Because, okay, remember we did the Cuba episode? Mm-hmm. Afghanistan episode? We could easily do a Haiti episode. I'm going to do, like, a mini Haiti episode Let's right now. There was a president elected, I think, in the 1990s or early 2000s, John Baptiste Aristante. Yeah. I, am, I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I would pronounce it better if I had his name. Uh, he was democratically elected multiple times. Very popular. The U.S. on multiple occasions through coups and attempts and funded opposing candidates to get him out. And eventually they got this one guy, Michael Martelli, I think is his name. He's a fucking Haitian musician who they got to replace him, and they, like, bankrolled his campaign and had one of their international organizations stop one of his opponents to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember, but beginning of this year, the president of Haiti was assassinated. Oh, yeah? By all accounts, the people who assassinated him were Colombian mercenaries trained by the U.S. government. What I'm trying to get at is that the U.S. has been super involved in destabilizing, putting in puppet masters and figureheads yeah. in the Haitian government. And not just... About their presidency, but mm-hmm. they have looted. Yes, loot yes. them and the French. Oh, espe- I mean, have, especially the French have looted Haiti of natural resources, mm-hmm. of actual gold yeah. and like money that holds up their economy. It's really on brand to go fuck a country up. Yeah, and then when people come seeking asylum, you're like, whoa, wait, wait a second. Why is it always about her? Speaking of performative, our good friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, AOC has been under the fire for the past two, three weeks. She's been she's been in the news cycle. She's been accused twice in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. We even made a mock-up image using it yeah. of engaging in very performative, cringy politics. Yeah. So the one that happened most recently was was it yesterday or the day before? The day before. The day before. There was a vote in Congress to give additional funding in one billion dollars. Operative word was addition. O- operative word was additional because we already funded already. Yep. That's guaranteed. It's already there. 
for Israel's Iron Dome program, which is a missile defense system, a but missile also just their system. defense budget. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know where else they get it from. Yeah, it's basically. The United States. And remember, additional. Yes. There's already we have already earmarked a crap ton of money for this, and also key to the bill is the fact that it gives Israel the okay to launch offensive attacks against Palestine, basically. Yep. And so the vote was going to pass, as most things that are pro-Israel do. It was like, because there's about 500-something members of the House of Representatives, 400-something mm-hmm. vote. Like, it was going to pass. Yeah, there was like 200-plus Dems that voted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this AOC was not going to change anything. Yeah. Here's the thing. She had promised and had stated to vote no. Yeah. This Again, this is a symbolic vote. Yeah. She was not going to change anything by voting no or yes, but the whole point of a symbolic vote is to show where you stand morally. It's to show your constituents, like, hey, this is where I stand for. In the future, I will fight for this. Yeah. At the time of the vote, she changed it from no to present, yeah. which is basically not a yes, not a no, but like, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm not, I'm not going to stand on either side. So it really doesn't swing where you go, yeah. right? Like where the vote's going to go. You're not giving the indication. It's not really counting, but it is counting. She was on the no side. Yeah. The whole, well, I'm not going to say the whole squad. Most of the squad, quote unquote, was on the no side. And Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib voted no. Ayanna Presley also. Yeah. Ayanna Presley. And AOC was there. And then right before the vote, right before it happened, she goes up there, says president, and then starts crying. And starts tearing up, starts hugging. Pramila Jayapal, who is the head of the, the Progressive Caucus. By the way, Jayapal also voted yes. Like yeah, she, I mean, she she tends to be like kind of be like the ooh she's like the mama bear for progressive but like she, again all, yeah. also on this yeah she was like lock and step yeah. and so there's this whole debate about AOC a lot of people are claiming oh we always knew she was like a secret operative or like we should have never trusted her right. some people are running to her defense mm-hmm. there was all the stuff with the tax the rich dress which we might like touch on very briefly right everything is focused on this one woman mm-hmm. and arguably. Not arguably, definitely. We're contributing to it. We're kind of guilty of this. Yeah, I mean, we're using it. On Twitter, I'm very guilty of this. Yeah, I mean, well, our last picture was our last Look, it was a dank-ass <laughs> Photoshop, though. It was awesome. There's multiple points that could be made here, but one I want to focus on is, again, performativeness. Because after this vote, she saw the reception. She saw the you know pushback. She put out a statement through her Twitter and all the social media handles. It was like a four-page document yeah. explaining... Her stance or why she voted Why present. she did that. Yeah. Sherry, we both read it. Tell the audience what you actually got out of that. Too long to read. It didn't give a definitive answer as to why yeah. she voted no. She just basically beat around the bush throughout the whole thing. She was like, oh, this, this is what I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. Is in the very beginning, she's like, she prefaced the whole thing by saying, oh, by the way, we're already giving them funding. Yeah. We've this this funding is from 2013. It's gonna go on till 2028. Like this is why like my vote wouldn't have done anything to. It's like no no no. My issue that I took with her is one she didn't like address the the issue that most people were like calling her out on is that she went against progressive ideals. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my thing. Is that it? That that thing was gonna pass no matter what. Dems are cucks for Israel. It it, it whatever. But. I expected someone who always touts progressive ideals and how she normally handles herself and speaks on things is to vote no in that. Yeah. And that's where I took issue with it. 
Yeah, she didn't really address it. Yeah. She spent about 75% of that document talking about how the process was fucked up. Yeah. Like that, she focused on that so much. Like, oh, they brought it for a vote. They didn't give us time to debate the merits of it. It's like, what fucking merits, yeah, first of all? exactly. And then she would go on to say at the end of it, like, I stand with the Palestinian people. If you feel betrayed or hurt by my vote, I understand. Like, it's not a real fucking answer. No, it's it's a cop out. Yeah. This is such... She constantly does this shit. Yeah. And I gotta be honest, this is like... The people who like her, this is kind of why they like her. She goes into like homework mode and like kind of like that nerd pedantry shit. Like a good friend Zia using big ass words and all this crap to like justify like a stupid position. That's what AOC does. Yeah. The tax and rich dress thing, we like... Not gonna go into it all the way, but... She got pushback from it. She made a statement on it on Instagram saying basically it's sexist that people were pointing this out (laughs) about me. And here's the thing. Do I think elements of AOC's, like the criticism that she gets, are a function of sexism? Absolutely. 100%. Sexism is a huge issue in politics and the United States society. Yes. But also, you don't have a leg to, I mean, not a leg to stand on, I won't say, but like you're going to a fashion uh-huh. event where the whole the whole point of the Met Gala is there's a theme for the year and you make a statement on that theme. Now, what you're it's you're nego- not negotiating. You're when you, by going there, you're basically taking on the risk of people coming back at you and commenting on your dress. This was good, this was bad. I, I mean, put aside the event, just to anyone with half a brain Going to an event with a white dress that has the big red letters tax the rich yeah. at an event full of rich people is just like cartoonishly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You are inviting that kind of criticism. Yeah. I mean, listen, I will like the only the only thing I'll say about it is that I like there is no better place to wear that dress or make that statement of a, like while you're amongst the rich. Right. I don't that think makes it makes a difference. Maybe not like actually like in policy wise, but to make a statement like, hey, we need to tax rich people. Because like I saw a lot of the right attacking her. It's like, oh, while you're partying with them. It's like, well, well, yeah. When when is she going to like, you know, like if anyone's going to make a statement, you're going to go to the Republican Party convention and protest there. Right. You're not yeah. going to go to Democratic Party con- yeah. convention and be like, oh, hey, by the way, the Republicans, I'm protesting this. No, you're going to go to their thing and protest there. Now, I'm using protest very loosely. That was not a protest. That's not a protest. That's not a protest. There were protesters outside, outside who, who were getting, getting their heads jailed beat, yeah. and beaten up. Yep. No, that wasn't a protest. But I understand that I just I didn't like the fact that the right was attacking her. It's like she's partying with rich people. It's like, well, yeah, she wants to make a statement to the rich people. Yeah. You know? Even though I mean, now she is part of the that elite, but I mean, like I, I believe that she like earnestly thinks what she's doing is right, but it's also, ta- like from a political tactful standpoint, I don't see how that actually makes a difference. I don't yeah. think I don't want to like sit on this too long. Though. Very performative. It's very it's super performative yeah. either way. I want I want to focus on the hyper focus on individual elected officials as a way to understand politics. Yeah, it runs downstream from the same thing with the obsession with voting. It's about you just gotta check in, pick people you like. They're, you kind of associate brands with they're, they're kind of brands at that point. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then you work backwards from liking them as a way to justify, explain their what behavior. They're doing. Yep. If you don't like them, then the things that they do wrong are bad because they're bad people. If you like them and they do something wrong, well, actually, it's very complicated. You you don't understand. It, it's it's things are out of their hands. Like, which one is it? You start making excuses. You start making excuses. Let's think about it this way. 
why did AOC change from no to present? I think there's a very obvious answer. Yeah. She's clearly positioning herself because she's such a celebrity figure mm-hmm. and a known quantity in the Democratic Party. She's positioning herself for a Senate run at some point in New York. 100%. Like, which is like a more federal seat. That's not just the people voting for her would not just be in her district. It would be all of New York. Yeah. That's a bigger, you need more money for that. Yeah. And just think critically for a second, right? There's a very large Israel lobby in New York. And that's, that's exactly where, it's where based. she's prison. Yeah. Position, not prison, position. Well, no, she's from New York. She would run in New York. In, exactly. You would need Israel lobby money or not to have Israel lobby money pouring in against yeah. you. And to be clear, when we're saying Israel lobby, we're not I'm, we're not trying to like dog whistle and say, oh, it's the Jews. No, no, no. No, we're talking about like the literal lobby yeah. for Israel is based in New York. There's many Democrats, Christians, other religions, other cultures that are always voting for Israel. Like this is... Saying something about Israel is not synonymous yeah. with we're, Jews. We're talking about like the, the central money. That's the machine that wants you to think that. Exactly. So she clearly is making a pivot for her political career. Yeah. If you want to say she's making a conscious choice to get in a better position, to then navigate for better things, I have issues with that. But that's that's a more coherent and sensible position than just arguing for this position on its own yeah and you know i would have more respect for her and she can't literally say this of course i would have more respect for her if she like you know time came out said it she's not going to be able to of course in fact it would be political suicide if she did that but that kind of goes to my other issue though is that why do we have to bend over for the political ambitions of somebody Mm -hmm. because as she climbs that ladder guess what once if she wins if she runs for senate wins that Senate seat. A lot of that's going to be a function of whether or not she gets that lobby money. Mm-hmm. She's then pretty much beholden to that lobby. It's not at that point. It's not about what she personally thinks. It's, it's about what, well, my, my funding where, and source of power comes exactly. from here. And this is, this is why there should not be money in politics, but it's like, at this point, you're so far in deep with yeah. money and lobbyists yeah. and whatnot that you can't, because Whoever funds her the most, whoever, if you listen, if you got billions of dollars, you own politicians. Yeah. You own them. Let, let's just say what it is. Lobbyists who like fucking Wall Street, Wall Street, poor money. Why, why do you think there's so many big pharma, gems? big oil? They own these Democrats and Republicans because yeah. they fund them. They give them the power that they need. And when it comes down to make those decisions, guess what most of them do? Mm-hmm. The ideals that they ran on and got people's support for, mm-hmm. they go against it. Immediately. Immediately. They're like, listen, like, I got like a million dollars from the cock brother. Yeah. Co- co- <laughs> the cock brother. The cock brother. Cox, well, the, the one cock brother now. Oh, it's, it is coke. It's coke. One, it's coke, but one coke. of them died. Yeah. Okay. The coke brother. Coke brother. Yeah. Like, that. Yeah. that's just what it is. Like, when she gets to that point, yeah. don't be surprised. I don't want to be a doomer or super blackpilled about these things to say like, oh, it's, it's all, we're all fucked com- completely, right? No, you need to have some sort of optimism and belief that you can actually change things. But you also need to be realistic about where their changes can happen and where they should come from. Because mm-hmm. people often point out, oh, the system is fucked, the system is rigged, the political system, the racist. Well, and all that's true. I mm-hmm. agree. Then how are you going to use the, that exact same, the white supremacist institutions to then advocate for change. Because climbing up that ladder is going to require you make demands and changes. Let me do a little bit of a very brief history lesson. People know President FDR, 
Franklin Delano Roosevelt, yep. often for many reasons cited as like one of the greatest presidents of all time. Teddy. Good old Teddy. And people point to the Social Security Act. Oh, we got Social Security. We've increased welfare and all. That. It's, all it's all very good. Put yeah. aside like, the caveats and the nuances there. It's not like he did that out of the goodness of his heart because this one guy was such a good president, such a good person because he – I believe in climate – you know, that shit, right? Mm-hmm. I believe in climate. I believe this shit. It's not about believing. It's about being forced into that position. FDR did not do the Social Security Act because he believed in it. He did it because they were coming off the Great Dep- – well, they were still in the Great Depression. Then labor unions and communists mm-hmm. who were more organized and robust at that point in American history literally came up to him and said, we're going to do a strike if you don't do these things that we tell you to do. And, of course, he's not going to want all the labor force – not all the labor force, but most the of the labor force in America it, yeah. to stop working because then all the – Corporate investors and all that are like, uh, bro, my profits. Yeah. Most of what drives politics and most of the things that we associate as good things in politics come from somebody else from the outside pushing in and leveraging weight that they have. Mm-hmm. I got something on you. You got to give me something in return. Now, that's how, like, insider politics, like the Congress and legislation, that's also how that works yeah. to some extent. And Cher poses, like, interesting question that if theoretically AOC was in a position to change the vote via yes or no. And they told her, look, we'll give you something in return for your district yeah. if you vote no. No? Then that's a more that's a different question. That's more difficult. But we just don't know if that was the case, yeah. though. You know? But also, it, that's definitely not the case here because, again, there was only nine people out of like 500 said yeah. no. So th- what it does what it made a Actually, fucking difference. one Republican. I saw one Republican said no, but I wonder who that was and what. Well, that so was like nine people. There, there are some like Republicans who have like an earnest anti-big government funding shit, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, the hyper focus on individuals, elected officials every four years instead of organizing outside of that to then force them to make a demand because you're assuming like, oh, they're my best friend. They'll do bestie. You're gonna do the right thing, right? So I think that wraps it up for this one. Yeah, episode 16. 16. We're making headway. We're heading into 20 soon. This is our sweet 16. Oh, Lord. We're Ooh. growing up. Ooh, what's our quinceanera? We can be... No, that's 15. Oh, is it? 15. <laughs> that was last That was last <laughs> week. <laughs> well, one, one week. We're going to be legal soon. Yes. Very sir. soon. So you can fuck Hot Pocket Pod. <laughs> there you go. Not, not the co-host, but the podcast itself. So we'll be back next week. And we'll talk about whatever we got to talk about then. Stay frosty, y'all. Stay focused. Get your nut. And interact with us on Instagram. Follow and like us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes. Do that. Drop some comments. Drop some ratings. Yeah. All fives or else we're hunting y'all down. Or else we're hunting all down. Like dolphins. Boots. Oh, no. You don't want that. <laughs>